everyone. This is Katie Valentine. Welcome to Magical Mystical Journeys, your podcast where Katie, Amy, and Andrea explore a mystical being every week. This week, we're departing from our usual format just a little bit because your mystical being is us. We are going to talk a little bit about our journeys and when life gets a little screwy with you, how to handle the ups and downs of life as spiritual beings, as spiritual people, us in particular as spiritual leaders, we're not exempt from the hardships of life. And so that's what we're going to talk about and the tools and the beings that you can use to help you on your journey. It's no secret. We've been living through a doozy of a year. We're in month 40,000, I think, of the pandemic. Uh, I think, truthfully, it's about month 11 when we're recording this, but we're coming right up on a year. It was right about a year ago that I was hearing about like this virus in China and what's going to happen. And so here we are. It's been a year like no other. So Amy, tell us, give us a snapshot. What has this year been like for you? What have been the ups and downs that you're going to be exploring a little bit in this episode? Right. Thank you so much for asking. So interesting. Because at the beginning, it was kind of like I needed that break. I needed that downtime. And it was great. And inspiration was coming up. And as it kind of, we went deeper into it, there are ups and downs in it. So getting used to having a partner home all the time with me at first. And then going through, okay, now we're able to venture out into the world a little bit. That's when the mask was safe to be out. And then showing up, covid hit me. My dog passed away this last year. We've had a lot of snow just this last um, past couple weeks. And now there's like this depression that I've had to kind of work with and do my own inner work to move through it along with those who I know forgiveness has shown up big time too. That's a lot. So the loss of a pet, you yourself having COVID and depression. So those are three big things, um, three big energies to explore. So sending waves of love to you. And then, yeah, we'll be able to kind of get into the hows and the whys as we move through the episode. Andrea, what about you? What's been the challenges? I would say ditto to pretty much everything Amy just said, except I did not get COVID. I ended up having an accident and hitting my head. We'll talk about that. I have severe concussion, but that brought on just waves of intense emotion that I, my husband and his brilliance, his wisdom was like, I think all that emotion was lying under the surface already. It just needed to be brought up and is being expressed more dramatically than I actually feel it. But I I felt at the beginning of the pandemic, I exactly like what Amy said. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so grateful for this, for this little break. And then it's just as time went on, I think a very mild sense of social isolation crept in which is just, and I'm very introverted, but it just, there's that sense of like isolation that I think is starting to hit all of us. I also lost a pet this year, but we also gained a dog. So it's just like, yeah. And I I feel like now I've really been struggling with some pretty intense emotions after my head injury. Yeah. How long ago was the concussion? Three weeks ago today. So okay. if I start getting wonky, just call well, me out. We might just hit pause. <laughs> that's always an option. Always it just and that's a good life hack, everyone. We can always hit pause for just even a few minutes. For me too, the beginning of the pandemic didn't change my day-to-day life too much because I spent I work from home. But again, my spouse was here for about a month. So we were tripping on each other just a, just a little bit, but that within my 
particular circumstances, that was all very doable. This fall was just pretty challenging. I got COVID and I was sick, but okay. But my spouse got COVID and was in the hospital. And that was really, really disorienting, really challenging. I I was worried about him. At the same time, we both had family members and have family members who had COVID at different levels of seriousness. And then also in the fall, I had a great niece who was born preemie. She was just two two pounds when she was born. I had a couple of family members, extended family members in the hospital or dying. And so a lot of it wasn't affecting me directly, but it was just kind of in the outskirts of my life, what was happening. And as Andrea said, many, many emotions have been coming forward and also dealing with a lot of past griefs that weren't quite processed throughout the year as well. And so those came up and there's no better time for those to come up when we're stuck at home. Right. And our partner stuck with us so we can just dump on them. Exactly. <laughs> Whether they want it or they not. they want it or not. Right. Yes. And, so. and them on us too. Like it worked. It definitely works both oh, ways. So to how, to, how to handle that. <laughs> Completely. Yeah. So whole new levels of of being and emerging have have been coming up throughout this year. So let's get into a little deeper exploration of each of us and talk a little bit about the journey. We're going to follow up uh, with that, with talking about tools, with kind of talking about the whys of this. We don't want to leave anyone unequipped to deal a little bit with what's happening in your own life and, and what spiritual beings have shown up. And I know for me, I don't know about for the two of you, it's really bizarre when I'm experiencing something really challenging and there's a spiritual experience happening at the same time, but both things can coexist and feed off of one another. And so that's part of the slippery nature of living this human life that we're all in. So Amy, let's start with you. You mentioned three big things, the loss of a pet, yourself having COVID in the fall, and depression as well. And I I bet a lot of listeners can really relate to that. I know I can. So yeah, why don't you just kind of walk us through a little bit about what the experiences have been like and what what was emerging or is emerging for you, if anything. All right. I love how you say for me, because that is so true. Like keeping it real, like how do we work with that spiritual level of who we are, higher self, and then also like what we are dealing with, those I know a lot of people call them challenges and that's really can, that's important to acknowledge. Yes, it might feel like a challenge, but it's also an opportunity. So to just take a moment to be present with the language of how we are seeing what is happening. Is it a challenge? Yes, that might be challenging in ways, but there's also a growth opportunity. So for me, the COVID showing up and getting used to my partner being home 24-7. Whew, that's a lot. So how do we work with that? How do I work with that? Filling the feelings. What becomes present? What am I experiencing? There's this aspect of, I feel like I'm around him too much. Like he doesn't want to be around me now because we're usually not around this much. And like, how do I give him his space and honor my space and honor my needs? And so for that first part, for me, I found myself doing things around the house, cleansing the house, cleaning up, going outside and walking. So doing what I could, even though the stay at home was present. My pet passing away. Oh, again, acknowledging we had a sound event planned for that night. 
And when something that big happens in our lives, it's not expected. And so how do we show up for others and honor ourselves? And sometimes we can't. Sometimes we just have to honor what is present. And that's what I did when my my little girl passed away is like, thank you guys for always showing up and supporting us and being at our sound events. And this time we need to please understand we need to take this time away this day to honor the grieving process. Yeah. So you canceled. Right. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Canceled our sound event the day that that happened. And it took a couple of days. I feel like my higher self was definitely present for a lot of that. Just basically because I do have a belief system of my dog is not gone. Yes, she's no longer in the physical world, but she's there as an animal ally now on the spiritual level. They're working with me, for me. And she, even now, she still shows up in certain ways through my mind's eye or feelings or thoughts. And I love that. But that first week of her no longer being in the physical form, it was like, I miss having her cuddle up and curl up to me. And man, what a challenge. That was, I think, the biggest thing for me. It wasn't so much that she was gone out of physical body. It was the missing of that connection. Okay, we just have to acknowledge that other doggies started um, barking a little bit while you were talking about while you're talking about your your one that has gone on. And so that's a great synchronicity mm. as well. But yeah, so it sounds like you were also letting yourself experience the grieving process. Yeah, absolutely. Her, not trying to bypass that. Exactly. So experiencing what it is that is coming up for us, huge, huge, huge. That is part of the opportunity. It is part of allowing the energy to move. Because if we see everything as energy and frequency, that is exactly what it is. So it's acknowledging what energy, what frequency is present, even within the depression that shows up. I didn't want to get out of bed. Like a lot of my clients had, I had to cancel appointments due to the weather. And of course, it's great when I have clients that I can talk to just on the phone, like those I was able to show up for still. And not wanting to get out of bed, honoring I'm going to say the inner voice, the critic. Sometimes there's a critic inside us. And sometimes there's a part of my higher self is like, okay, this is here serving. This is for the betterment of me, of life in some way, shape or form. And there's also another part of me that I kind of want to hide, deny and suppress, but it's there. It's like, I don't like this. This is bullshit. What's going on? No, I just mad at the world in certain ways. So how do we give our permission to ourselves to allow that part to just be witness, to be seen, to be heard. So for me, just witnessing it, like, all right, I hear you. And also acknowledging the higher self, the higher aspect of like, man, we have it so good. We have food, we have electricity, we have heat. We live like kings and queens compared to what we had to deal with a couple hundred years ago. So acknowledging all sides, all parts of myself, I feel is a big, just acknowledge within all of us. Andrea, do you have any follow-up questions or? Yeah, I do. I think I just want to reiterate 
something that Amy had said about allowing whatever experience you're going through to come through without judgment. And that is hard. And I'll talk a little bit more about that myself, but particularly those things that we deem to be ugly or this isn't me. Right. And Amy, you said that this is bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. And well, I'm curious for all of us, if the way we handle things now may be different than the way we did 10 years ago or 20 years ago as well. Absolutely. Yeah. I I would like to say so, but no, I don't think so. I think I revert back (laughs) to all of my bad habits. (laughs) And I don't like it. I don't like it. I'm like, really? That's coming out of my mouth again? I think the tools, the tools have kind of helped me. Like I know I'm a different person than who I was 10 years ago in certain ways. And sometimes those old selves do pop up and they do become present. So that's there too. (laughs) Sure. And there's a, there's a feeling I think among many people that if we, if we become spiritually attuned, bad things won't happen. Ooh. Right. And so that even just dealing with that kind of self-judgment, like, did I bring this on myself can be its own journey. So that's, that's something we'll talk about a little more. I think you can even be more sensitive though, to let's say the quote unquote bad, because maybe you're more in tune. If you get a little off and you're feeling sad, you might experience that sadness deeper than before. Maybe you just masked it over and went on with your life. Yeah. I think you can get more sensitive. Oh, definitely. Yes. I've experienced this to be true. And it's super annoying when it shows up in like food allergies or deeper emotions or something like that. So just be, be, be warned. The spiritual journey can elicit lots of responses from us. Thank you, Amy, for sharing all of that. And it's all deep stuff. And we're so honored to be present on the journey with you, companions with you on this journey. Andrea, tell us a little bit more about what you've been experiencing. So you, you mentioned concussion, and I'm sure that's it doesn't uh, it doesn't occur in a silo or in a vacuum. It always other stuff accompanies big things like that. So yeah, tell us a little bit more. I have to say it was totally worth it, at least so far, because <laughs> <laughs> I was sleigh riding. So <laughs> I haven't been sledding. We were actually visiting up in the mountains, and I haven't been sledding since probably junior high. And you think it's so easy, just get on that thing and go. Well, you kind of forget there are some tips and tricks to not run into trees. And I, my, myself now had forgotten all those. So I literally ran right. Actually, this is just interesting. I thought it was going in one direction and the sled took a 90 degree turn like at the last minute watching the tracks is bizarre and took me right into a tree. Um, Okay. Did you get in at least a good run or two before the tree? Yeah. Oh okay. yeah. Okay. Like, <laughs> Good. One more time. Yes. One more Got time. it. We're gonna go. Yeah. So it was definitely a lot of fun. And we'd actually been sledding like several weeks before that too. So it was worth it. But I, I laid there and I literally, I mean, I was, I never lost consciousness, but I was, I blacked out and my hearing started ringing and it was, it was a bit crazy. But one of the interesting things with a uh, brain injury and believe it or not, I know this because I had a bunch of closed head injury cases when I was practicing law. So I kind of, I'm literally lying there in the snow, quickly thinking through all the science of what happens in your brain. But what can happen for the next month is that you're, you're getting waves of extreme emotion. And so it's almost like you've knocked your head, your brain has knocked the inside of your skull and it jumbled up all of your 
chemicals into some bizarre cauldron and it takes a while for them to settle back down. I mean, that's a very lay person way of my understanding of it, but it's really normal to have waves of extreme emotion. And one of the things that I've realized is that those emotions were, were there all along. It just sort of took a tsunami to unearth them. And so they're much more dramatic the way they're coming out. And so feeling maybe a little isolation, a little grumpiness, a little irritability suddenly becomes like, oh my gosh, I can't take this thing anymore. And then the wave is gone in like 10 or 15 minutes when I've expressed it. So, so much has come out that I've learned what I've been tolerating for the past year in the pandemic. I've been tolerating more energy leaks because I think I'm, I'm feeling lonelier. So I tolerate more people's demands on my time on the phone, on Zoom, on um, social media. But at the end of the day, there's a lot of energy leaking out that after my concussion, I got so irritable with certain behaviors that I was allowing. I was putting... I was totally allowing, allowing into my life. I have a friend who just, I'm going to steal this from her. She mentioned it yesterday where she just said, suddenly she realized like everyone assumes you're available for chit-chatting because you're just working from home, sitting on the couch anyway. What do you, what else? Come on, you've got more time. And she's like, I'm literally ready to pull my hair out strand by strand. <laughs> like that's exactly it. So this illuminated yeah. the need for stronger boundaries. Boundaries, which yeah. I had really let my boundaries just get mushy, really yeah. mushy. And it's so I, easy to do. It's so easy, especially if we're feeling a little isolated and down. It's interesting that the, that can happen so subtly that you don't realize you've gotten yourself into a state of behavior that's no longer working for you until it gets dramatic. And I just want to give a note that true clinical depression can come on the same way. It can come on so slowly, so much, just so like in the minutia that you don't even recognize where you are until you're, it's really dramatic. Yeah. I can so speak to that because 12, 13 years ago, I remember sitting in my car outside of my apartment. I couldn't muster up the energy to go into my apartment. And I sat there kind of ticking off on my fingers, like all the things that were wrong. Like I wasn't sleeping. My appetite was off. My energy was low. And when I got to symptom number five, I was like, wait, these are all signs of depression. And then I started yep. laughing because I was like, but you're right. It just crept up so slow. And so for you, the aftermath of your concussion has illuminated these areas. It busted it wide open and flared it all up so I could see it very clearly that there's some changes that need to be made. And it is showing up in these last three weeks as a mild depression. But I'm like, okay, I need to be addressing these changes sooner rather than later. Yeah. This sounds cliche and hokey, but honestly, doing more self-care, yeah. doing more internal work and yes. doing, setting bound, firm, solid boundaries of I'm taking time to do this for myself. Come hell or high water, no one's going <laughs> to come into my space right now while I'm doing A, B, and C. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And it's so easy when, when we are working from home to even just turn on the computer or check oh. the thing, right? Because it's always kind of right there. And so even creating yep. those boundaries for ourselves around our, what we need to, to be present to ourselves. 
Absolutely. To other people that we serve. And Andrea, I'm kind of curious if you had an experience or, or having an experience about the concussion itself. Yeah, I probably am. I might need to like get further away from it before I can express it. Because I think in any sort of emotional situation, we can't always give voice while we're in the middle of it. And I'll talk a little bit more about that later with a tool, as a tool. But yeah, I think like one feeling vulnerable, really vulnerable, feeling like, oh my gosh, I could have died. And that honestly brought on a bizarro, I'm just, I'll just share this with you guys, a bizarro rabbit hole of like, who cares? What if I did? I mean, that was one of those waves of horrible depression that came over. What's the point? What's the, like getting into that real deep, dark hopelessness, like true existential angst and then expressing it and then coming back out. Cause that's not me. I feel like I'm very close to death. I have a lot of people who've passed away, but I also deal with people who, I mean, all my clients are coming to me because they've lost people, right? So me, what I consider me, that identity is, man, like ring every drop out of life, every drop, every experience, everything, like just ring it out. And because you never know, life is so fleeting. Even if you live a hundred years, that's fleeting. So do everything while you can, when you can, and sort of experience even for just a wave of hopelessness. Or, or, or just not even hopelessness, just like, well, what's the point? It was bizarre for me. Absolutely bizarre. I think I reacted like Amy, like, this, is, this isn't me. What is this? Right. Yeah. But apparently that's normal after a brain injury. Okay. For both of you, and certainly for myself too, I'm sensing the need to kind of observe ourselves while mm-hmm. we're in these spaces and also simultaneously right. experience them without yeah. bypassing them. And it can yeah. be a tricky balance. Yes. That's the bridge. To me, that's yeah. us bridging both. Yeah. And then wrestling with our own spiritual experiences and beliefs and systems all at the same time as well. Yeah, it can be, it can be tricky. Well, yeah, let me share a little bit kind of about my process the past year, especially in the fall. So when um, I started feeling bad about 10 days before Thanksgiving, And I will say, so it was COVID, but I didn't know it at the time. And I'll say that when I started experiencing symptoms, because the symptoms of COVID vary so much, I I was not putting things together. Even when I kind of lost my sense of taste, I it just it wasn't dawning on me that that like I probably have COVID. I was just like, oh, it's allergies, it's whatever, because it didn't quite fit the bill. It wasn't completely gone. I had fever, but it wasn't horrific. So then my spouse started feeling badly. We both went and got tested. It turned out we both had COVID. And for a couple of days, we were kind of, I mean, we weren't cavalier about it, but it was just, we were sick, but not really sick. So it was kind of like, who gave who COVID? I, I probably gave it to him. I came down with it six days before he did. But it was kind of like, oh, we got each other COVID. What are you? Okay, we're home for two weeks or isolating. And then he started getting really sick. He started having trouble. I'm um, just making it through the day. He was falling asleep all the time. It was coughing. It was getting scary. I knew looking at him the the day before he went to the hospital, I was like, he probably needs to go to the ER today or tomorrow. I knew it needed to be his choice, not my choice um, to go to the ER. 
And so on Thanksgiving night, he was like, I'm really, he could barely even say it. It was like, I'm really having trouble catching my breath. So we called my sister, who's a nurse practitioner and a doctor of nursing. And she asked a few questions. She was like, I really think you guys should go. We thought we were going to go. I thought I was going to drop him off. He was going to get some like saline and a breathing treatment or something like that. And I was going to pick him up a few hours later. Well, he was like a week later, or five nights later, I picked him up. Wow. And because of the nature of COVID, they're not letting people in the hospital to visit. Of course, not me. I was actively contagious probably at the time. And so, and he couldn't talk on the phone. That kind of lack of communication really intensified my experience of his illness, which I didn't want to make all about me, but I was having my own, my own fears. So there was a really bad 24 hours where I was, I was just upset. I was really overwhelmed. I, I couldn't get it together within myself to even have any kind of really spiritual tools be present for more than like five seconds or so at a time. So I was very grateful to Amy and Andrea because I think I had to cancel a recording or two in that time period. And I know you guys were offering your own, your own spiritual healing to him and to me, which I appreciated so much. And for me, it was one of those times I was so grateful I had people within my spiritual circles, within my church community, who could hold the space when I couldn't. And so I really gave myself permission to not have a Pollyanna thing about it. I was worried about him because there's all there's all these stories about someone goes in the hospital and they just kind of, they decline, right? Like for some people, the virus, they just can't fight it off for whatever reason. And then the language, I will say the language around COVID because he had pneumonia is really startling because the when you have pneumonia, apparently what they call it when your lungs are cloudy are infiltrates. And it just sounds like a Star Trek disease. Ooh. They were like, yeah, his infiltrates are worse. I'm like, what is that? What is an infiltrate? <laughs> what has infiltrated him? What's infiltrated him? Yeah. Yeah. So for about 24 hours, I kind of had my own experience of just the downside of it. And at the same time, I had a preemie niece who was in the NICU. My sister's father-in-law had just died, not directly related to me. I was just concerned about everyone. And, and then my spouse is intensely private. He doesn't know I'm saying all this about him on air. And so I'm careful not to use his name or anything. And so I was also managing information about him to everyone because he didn't want everyone texting or calling him. So he could just focus on getting well. And so, yeah, so it was just kind of a, a lot in the fall. And then I, I think I was dealing with just with my own grief over the past year and this was probably emerging a little bit before our bouts with COVID around like some life choices. And it, it it's it's a bizarre thing because I'm intensely happy with my life. I'm, I'm beyond thrilled with it. Yet at the same time, I was grieving other things that hadn't happened. And so just being really honest about that all at once. Like for instance, I don't have children. I don't foresee having them. I'm, I'm of an age where that's probably not, not in my future, but I'm okay with that even 99% of the time, there's just a little part of me that was having some grief around it. So I really had to process that over this year. Well, no better time to process it when you're at home, alone, with your spouse, and everyone's talking about the coronial babies that are about to be born. So it just like, it was just right in front of me and it was just time to deal with it on a spiritual, it was part of my spiritual journey. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of where I've ended up and everything now, he's home. He's fine. He has no cough. I have a lingering cough a little bit from COVID. All the other stuff is being, is being processed still and it mostly has been processed. That's really traumatic, Katie, to have your spouse in the, in the hospital and not be able to communicate or not know what's, it's so traumatic. And you're yeah, right. Yeah, like texting you was about be, the only thing we had. 
you can't be poly in. I mean, your brain is going to go like, what if, what if, what if? Yeah, and that's just exactly. a hard, dark spot to be in. But you know what? Sometimes you have to just be there. And like you said, let other people support you and hold that space for you. You brought up something that has happened to me too. I was shocked to find this come up. These griefs of certain decisions in our lives. There is not any amount of money that would make me go back and work for a law firm unless I was like their psychic medium. But to go back and be a lawyer again, like in a large law firm, and I had a fantastic experience, but I was meditating and that grief of leaving that team, even though I'm so ready to leave, I'm so ready to leave. I would never go back. And in fact, there was a grief there, like those people don't even work for the law firm anymore. A lot of them have retired. Some of them have passed away. There's that moment in life of honoring all the fun and all the good experiences that I have that we're never going to get back. And it was just, I, there was legit grief coming up about that. And that's 10 years ago. Oh, absolutely. And after I departed a ministry position, I love the ministry position and I knew it was time to depart for lots of different reasons. We had a great, I mean, it was a great departure. Like there were no hard feelings on anyone's side, but a year later I preached somewhere and uh, I came home and I just like burst into tears because I just, I missed being, I missed being there, even though I'm really, really happy with everything I'm, I was doing at the time. I knew it was all the right decision, but yeah, just, it comes up. Yeah. Well, so let's, let's get into the whys of this. If there is such a thing. Oh, one of the things I find that I dislike a little bit about the metaphysical kind of spiritual woo-woo community that, that I am a part of is this idea that like once you become your enlightened self, whatever that means, you won't have any hardships. You'll be able to fend off all sickness. All, no viruses will get to you. And if they do, it's, it's your fault. Let's have an honest conversation about how we understand the whys. Why do these challenges, why do these contrasts happen? What's up with that? What's our take on the realness of living this 3D life? as people who are spiritually connected and still we're going to experience challenges and we have experienced challenges. So what's our quick take on the whys of this? Amy, what's your wise, brilliant wisdom on the why? Oh, I love it. And you're so spot on. Like for me, even when COVID first showed up, I was like, oh, if I'm in my highest vibration, I'm not going to experience it because in a high vibration, that negative energy can't come in. (laughs) wrong. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So I got to experience COVID and I feel for me, why that showed up for me was because there was so much wisdom for me to gain within that. So part of it was the moving of the energy, learning new things. So there is something within every experience of it is showing up for us. I guess that would be kind of my my answer Mm -hmm. to it. So even though we may see it as a negative thing that there's positive within it too. So I'm curious for you, did COVID show up to show you these things or did you have COVID and then these things were illuminated for you or both and? Yes. I'm going to say both. Yeah, absolutely. Both. Yes to both of those. Andrea, what about you? Any brilliant takes on the whys of challenges of life? Because we're human. And as soon as we, well, we probably pass away before we become enlightened. But if we were going to be enlightened, we'd probably pass away like a lot quicker. So I think we're, we're meant to experience experiences. And it's up to us whether we label them good, bad, negative, positive. Although, I mean, we might not enjoy them. They might be 
horrible, but that's part of the human experience. And I do think that's part of why we're here to the extent we can get our heads around why we're here. For me, the concussion, I mean, when you look at those sleigh tracks, like to take that 90 degree turn for no reason, be right into the tree. I mean, I, it's, that was just bizarre. And I heard in my head, too fast for conditions. Ooh. I literally heard that. And I was like, okay. <laughs> like okay. before you started on the descent or while you're on the descent? While after I hit my head and I was oh, lying okay. in the snow, <laughs> checking it. to see if I was dead. I literally was like, am I alive? Am I here? <laughs> 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 Moving my fingers and toes. And I just heard too fast for conditions. And it turns out that was absolutely accurate because a lot that I was barreling through in life and being busy, busy, busy was really serving as a mask for these underlying issues that I needed to address and these changes I need to make. So you found some illumination. <laughs> That's my personal why. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Any idea from either one of you about the cosmic whys? Mm. I feel like the focus, like what, what it is our thoughts are focusing on that's kind of attracting some more of that energy, attracting a certain energy for us to experience. So such as our, our fear for afraid of something, guess what? We might attract a cosmic fear for us to know that we can face that. Andrea, what was coming through you? I, I, I've forgotten it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, it's gone. <laughs> well, for me, I'm still wrestling with whys continuously. Like, I don't think I brought COVID up on myself. I don't think my spouse brought COVID up on himself. I do think there are things that I learned as a result. But also, this is a highly contagious virus. Right. right? It's, it's pandemic for a reason. Pan meaning all. Demic coming from people, from the word for people uh, in Greek. And so I believe that this is correct. It's something is pandemic when it is spread not one to one, but one to two or one to three or one to four. Like when it's spread, when you have something, you can give it to more than one person uh, generally as a rule. And so also as spiritual beings, I think we have to wrestle too with like the state of the world. The state of the world is tricky. There's a lot of chaos. There's a lot of contrast out there. There's a lot of brokenness. And so sometimes if someone's walking around without their mask and they're contagious, their contrast is putting others at risk for contrast that they may not have to experience, except this person doesn't have their stuff together. So it's kind of like when someone undergoes, if someone experienced traumatic abuse as a child, did they ask for that in their vibration as a child? I don't think so. I mean, who knows what their soul agreed to, whatever. Maybe their soul agreed to the potential for that. But no, that means that like their parents or their guardians or their caregivers are experiencing contrast to the point that they're committing abuse. And so that's, we're also, we're so interdependent that my vibration is also dependent on other people's vibration. Right. So my experience is also dependent on other people's experiences. Um, so this kind of American individualism of like, I, I define everything about me, I, I dislike because our souls are connected. I just personally, the kind of blame the victim mentality is, I think, really unhelpful. So if I, if when Amy got COVID or when Andrea got a concussion, if I said to them, well, you guys brought it on yourselves. Like, what would your responses be? To, what would your responses be to that? Or if someone said that to me, I'd be like, I'd, I'd probably say something less than Christ-like. 
Well, I probably did bring it on myself with (laughs) not the concussion, but with the actual being taking a risk was a risk well worth taking. Yeah. But that's your own personal evaluation. Yeah. But I certainly didn't like run my go into the tree on purpose. Yeah. Um, But yeah. I think that's important to acknowledge too, is because if someone did come at us like that, uh, oh, it's your fault, there's going to be a little resistance there of like, no, like automatic no. But yet when I'm able to tap into the energy, okay, am I creating this for myself for a reason? Is there something I want myself to know? Then it's more inviting and that's me going there. So just acknowledging the experience itself, not yeah. no blame, no saying you create this, but just like, just acknowledging the experience. And that experience always has in it more than we're going to be able to grasp and oh. acknowledging almost the wonder and the miraculousness of that as well. And being okay with, I'm not going to f- be able to wrap my head around every single aspect of this while I'm in my human form. Right. Yeah. There's just, there's more involved here. And that more involved, Katie, I, agree with you, has to do with the collective consciousness, our family, just the energy swirling in the atmosphere. And I think you gave a really good example of that, Katie, of the other things that were going on within your circle can contribute to a pervasive just feeling of like, I'm overwhelmed. Right. To me, it's the relationship we have with our particular challenges. Like, how do I approach that? And that has to come from within is, is really, really significant, right? And so what can I do to change my relationship to my illness, my relationship to a virus, my relationship to a loss of any kind without us trying to tell other people how they should experience their own challenges? It's such an individual experience um, as well. Let's also talk about tools. So what is helpful in these moments of life? What are spiritual tools that we use, other tools, any tools at all? What works and what doesn't? And when something might work at one point in life and then it doesn't later on. And so let's let's talk about um, what's available to us. Amy, what, what has been helpful for you in these three big things you've named this year? Yeah. So tapping into my intuitive side, like my own guidance to me is of importance, whether that be praying for you, whether you have a God, Jesus, whatever it is to you, that for me has been huge. Listening to that guidance, water is a go-to for me. So a bath, cleansing the energies of, in some way. Movement is something as simple as like, If I'm in my bed and I'm depressed, sometimes that first step of getting out of bed is the hardest thing. But with that first step comes that next step. So movement, wherever you are in your house, in your life, man, just that simple movement from one part of the house to the other part of the house, that can be huge. Like I said, the water, the shower running over me, that warm water, just that soothing, that self-care aspect, anything that I can do for myself, anything that you can do for yourself to bring in, what is it that I need? How can I meet my need in this very moment? Huge. And bring the fun into it. Like, I think we sometimes forget that. We're adults and sometimes we, (laughs) that's not the first thing on our list to do is to have fun. But if we can connect to, I'm going to say that younger version of ourselves 
and laugh at what is present. Sometimes just laugh, it's a cosmic joke. Laughing at what's present helps to release that stuck energy. Oh my gosh. Tell me if this is right. I think everything you've said has been to be in the present moment. Yes. Yes. You're like one second ahead of yourself at the most. Okay, right now I'm going to get out of bed. Yep. Right now I'm going to turn on the water. And right now I'm going to laugh. Yeah. Yeah. Present moment. Yeah. So that's, so not bypassing our experiences. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to relabel them. I love that. I'm a bit, I'm a big believer in the power of water as well. Except when it's frozen and Andrea's on a sleigh. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Any element for that matter, actually. Fire. Build a fire. Uh, Go earth. (laughs) Lay down on the earth. Be in nature. Yeah, nice. Andrea, what about you? What What are the tools that help? What are the tools that don't? It's so hard for me to be present, actually. My brain is always, it's just like constantly out there. So yeah, try, doing whatever it takes, even if it's like flexing and pointing your toes, getting that, those first thing they want, getting movement, that's huge. I would say, and this is from my growing up and things that I was dealing with and going to talk therapy with a phenomenal therapist worked at certain times in my life. But as I've gotten older, and I'm certainly not telling anybody not to do this or to do it or whatever. I think professionals can really help move, do a lot of healing work, professional counselors. But sometimes you can start like telling yourself a story and then you start buying into the story that you're telling yourself. And I think to kind of get out of that, because I do listen, okay, what story am I telling and is it even accurate? And for me to get out of that and drop down a little bit deeper, I've started doing, I'll go through phases where I do a meditation with music that actually is very evocative music, not like loud crashing piano music or something that actually could make you cry and sit down and be like, what is deep in my soul that needs to be expressed right now? And I've been shocked at what comes up, shame, judgment, certain things I don't like about myself and just sitting with it and letting my soul and my body feel that emotion, not telling a story around it, not try to make it go away, just be like, okay, that's in there. And if some insight wants to come with it, okay. And then after that meditation, write down whatever it is I can express. Although I will note that sometimes when we're in it, we can't express it into words. We might just need to express it by feeling it. But I have found that is like such a great tool to just sit with yourself and allow, like even things that you're thinking, I don't want to feel that. I'm going to get overwhelmed. Well, normally if you actually dip into it, you'll start crying. It's an expression. And then you're like, ah, it's such a release. And it's a beautiful way to honor whatever's going on with you. And then I found like over the next couple of days, then you might be able to put some context around it or get the wisdom out of it or like, whoo, that grief was still sitting in there from 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Whatever it is. So I've just learned something in the past year. And if anyone doesn't know this, this could revolutionize your life. Generally, we only feel the intensity of an emotion for 90 seconds. That's it. Like our our moods may last longer. We may have, I mean, we're going to feel like a particular feeling for longer than that. But that intensity that we're so fearful of, like Andrea was saying, me too. I'm like, I want to sit there and feel shame or sadness or horror or whatever it is. But then if I realize I'm probably only going to feel this for 90 seconds, I can do that. 
Yep. And then the next yeah. time it comes around, it's usually not so intense because I've allowed myself to experience it. Exactly. And that's, yeah, it's the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. That's great to know. Definitely. So one thing I'm noticing among both of you and certainly myself as well is that we don't get to bypass any of these spiritual, physical experiences with, for instance, like a magic crystal. No. Or a magic potion or anything like that. Y'all, if we had it, we'd be billionaires. We'd give you, we would give you the formula, but that's kind of not the way it works, right? It works by using tools, calling on maybe ascended beings to help us help ourselves. Absolutely. Yeah. That's like when I've gotten so overwhelmed, I can't see anything out. Like I just can't see my way out or I'm just feeling that I'll just literally cry out for help mentally. Yeah. And I, I just see who shows up. Anyone around? Is it Mary? Is it Metatron shows up at weird times? I mean, it is some of these beings that we have worked with on this podcast that have become a regular tool for me. My brain doesn't have to know how they're showing, how they're going to work with me. How, I just know that they're helping somehow. Yep. They're helping me help myself. They're helping yeah. me get, get back up. So the value of getting to know some of our ascended beings is not necessarily in the moment that we're getting to know them, although that's also really beneficial, really fun, and really cool. It's actually when we're in a moment of crisis, when we're in a moment of hardship, we have these things available, and that's a really hard time to learn. I mean, it's much easier to learn when we're not in the middle of that particular crisis, right? Because when the crisis calls us to call out for help, it's good to know what that feels like ahead of time. Yeah. So that we can receive those, those beings and don't want to dissuade anyone in crisis from reaching out. You can, but the journey continues after the crisis is over. Yes. Yeah. Well, I know for me in particular, just using this sort of COVID hospitalization example, like I said, there was like 24 hours where I was like five minutes at a time was about all I could really manage. And I, I, I didn't sleep well that first night he was in the hospital, partly because I went home and it was like 10 at night. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna have to pick him up in three or four hours. So I had tea. So I had some caffeinated tea to kind of keep myself alert. And then an hour after I like a little bit after I had the tea, I got the message like he's going to be in the hospital at least overnight, probably longer. So then I was wide awake and worried all at the same time. So I gave myself permission to really not use a lot of tools for a little while. And I quickly recruited a trusted colleague to help me manage any crisis that was coming up among my people. Mm. among the people that I serve. So I was like, if one of them is having a crisis, can you care for them for about 48 hours, 72 hours, or as long as he's in the hospital? And they could. And so that was just a, a radical self-care thing that I had available and trusted colleague could could help me out, which was wonderful. And, and no crises happened. So that was also just good bonus. But asking for help and creating that support system for yourself. Yeah. Huge. Just totally essential from ascended beings, from beings on earth, from anyone, right? I'm going to, I'm going to utilize my whole team there. But after about 24 hours, I was able to sit down and like offer Reiki um, to him in the hospital. Like I was able to have some spiritual experiences because I let myself not pressure myself to have those for a little while. For me, it was really hard not to sort of put into like go into kind of fake manifesting mode. Mm. which I was tempted to do and like say how I wanted the outcome to be for his illness. Cause I was like, it is not my illness. Ooh. It is his wow. illness that it is not up to me to do that. So the only thing I really could do was focus on what my relationship was to this experience that was happening. And that was the only way I could make it not all about me. Yeah. Yeah. Which was tempting, but I did call on ascended beings for myself. Mm. Yeah. 
in that process as well. And then where the energy flows out of you, like your own healing energy going to him, acknowledging that that's his business, like his higher self is going to figure out whether that, where that energy is best used. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And same thing for my little great niece who was in the hospital, the NICU at the time, sending her kind of waves of prayers and her parents too, but yeah, letting them figure out what the what the best road was. And she's at home and doing really well and gaining weight and looking super cute these days. So Aww. yeah, yeah. So it worked out well. Any last thoughts, any final word of wisdom about these experiences when life gets real? And I'm curious who everyone's maybe number one go-to is as far as an ascended being, if there is one for the circumstances of the past, the, the past year that has felt like a decade. Yeah. I literally felt my healer guide. Now, who that is, I honestly don't know. Um, But working on my brain. And I Mm. cried out to them. And I've just, in this process, called out and been open to see who's going to best show up for me. Because it could be my grandparents, right? Or it could be my dog in spirit. Or it could be Metatron or Mary. Yeah. I let them, like, so that's apparently what I need. That's the energy I need today. You let them figure it out and come to you. But I also go to my human healers too, because I've never been more grateful to have my human healers than I was after this concussion. My Reiki lady, my, my, my massage person, my like physically hands-on healing, my chiropractor, my neurosurgeon. Ah, nice. Yeah. <laughs> so grateful. Spot on there. I can relate yeah. to that. Same thing. Whenever I had COVID, like listening to the guidance, that was one of the things I was guided to do. Go to my chiropractor. That alignment was important for me. I go to source energy. Source energy is going to bring whoever to my awareness that I need to work with, whether that be Mother Mary, whether that be Metatron, Sandalphon, Michael, whoever that is meant to be is going to show up in my awareness in some way. And a coat, like I have a physical coach as I was going through my depression. The first part of the week, I was like, all right, this is three days. This is, I got to get this now. We got to <laughs> acknowledge this, honor this. And having a call with my coach really helped me to move through some of that energy. So by all means, like, even though I know that we do coach, we have our clients that we coach, but I feel that each of us have our own coaches that we work with too. And that's something to acknowledge. Oh, a hundred thousand percent, right? I, I have to have people that I'm, that I'm answering to and that are helping me check myself out. So yes, yes, yes. For both of you on, yeah, our, yep. our 3D human team yep. that supports us. Yeah. And I think I'm, I'm much the same way. It's, I may call on an ascended being to be present with me as I feel guided in the moment. I don't know that I have a particular go-to other than my spirit team. And I have a kind of mysterious member of my spirit team who's always like the one in the background, like, we'll work this out. We'll work this out. But like, I don't have a name or anything like that. Like I have a physical representation, but always in my like the front right kind of corner, like behind everyone else. So I have a feeling he's like the power broker. Oh, nice. Within the team kind of doing things a little silently as well. So y'all have it where the three of us live lives that are perfect imperfect and have challenges and contrasts along the way. It's life is always a little bit of a roller coaster. And yeah, it seems like among the three of us, we're all acknowledging that these are always opportunities for learning for deeper spiritual integration, even when they truly radically suck in the moment. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's an okay experience to have. Yep. Yep. It's that presence. It's with our presence of what shows up. It's expressing ourselves. Katie, you spoke of letting go of the outcome and not being about ourselves. And also offering the help. Sometimes just helping someone else helps to help ourselves. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So sometimes yeah. just being faithful to our own our own work, our own impact can be really life-saving and life-affirming. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we are wrapping up for today. Amy, tell us a little bit where people can find us online. Yeah. Find us at magical-mystical-journeys.com. And please listen and rate us. We prefer ratings on iTunes because I think that's got the algorithms that get the podcast out there more so more people can find us. But rate us on iTunes, but also rate us anywhere else you feel called to rate. And it's pretty easy. Just take 10, 20 seconds. You're done. Yes. Your vibration will mingle with our vibration and we will appreciate it if you do that. And you can also email us. We do love to hear stories. We'd love to hear how this might be impacting you. Any takeaways, ahas that you have, any contrast that you have or disagreements. We also welcome those. So you can email us at magicalmysticaljourneys at gmail.com. And thank you to Amy who keeps on top of our email, which we appreciate very much. Yes. I want to thank our listeners too for the emails that do come in. It's really a joy and just honor to receive those. Yeah, completely. Yes, thank you. All right, everyone. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.